0: Bob volunteered powered radio.
1: I'm talking to Anne Lawler who is a, a local girl if we can call Morpeth and uh, the Hunter Valley local. and um, Anne is a, a successful businesswoman, mother, um, wife, and she's achieved a great deal in her time but more importantly now she's running for a political party because she's so concerned about what is happening with the banking. And uh, what is happening with the economy in Australia? And Lola, thanks very much for giving to Bob your time. Before we, uh, my pleasure, thank you. Before we learn about the citizens' electoral council whom you're representing and what they stand for, could you tell our listener a little bit about yourself and what brought you to the point of becoming politically involved?
0: Well, Reg, I, I I sometimes wonder myself. um, I was literally contacted from my business. It was a cold call by the Citizens' Electoral Council back in 1997. And at that stage, I had a lot of um, questions um, about what was happening in the country, but because you're a mother and you're busy running a business, you sort of think, well, the politicians know what they're doing, I just don't understand the process. But through my involvement with the CEC, I became much more aware of what was happening. I understood that the... Physical economy is the most important thing that we have. It's a bit like the foundations of a house. If you haven't got good foundations, the house will fall down. If we haven't got a strong physical economy, then the country will fall down. And of course, it didn't take long before I realised I had to take some personal responsibility. So since 1997, I've contested every federal um, election, a couple of state elections to bring the the issues to the fore but most importantly to make people aware of the solutions we can turn this around. Um, yeah so that that's it. Uh, my background is over 40 years with a transport company. Um, I have three grown-up children. they've got their own businesses, they're very hard workers. I've lived in the hunter Valley all my life. Um, so and I have a connection. I grew up on a dairy farm and a crop farm so I have a connection to physical economy as well.
1: Well, we're pleased to be talking to you about all of this because uh, the economy and particularly banking is becoming such an issue. The platform of the CEC revolves around our banks and their hold on the economy, if I'm not mistaken. Could you elaborate a little about that platform um, in relation to the banks and where the problem lies with the banks? Well,
0: we've got a five-point program for the election, but you know, the, the program that we've had hasn't really altered since I first became involved, except that the the danger within the financial system has got much worse because we haven't done... You know, the country hasn't done anything to address it. So our um, platform is based on, first of all, stopping a bail-in policy. And that's a policy that's been legislated last year in February in 2018 to allow the use of people's savings, their bank deposits that they hold in the in the banks to be used by the banks to prop them up in order to prevent them from failing. Now, you know uh, listeners would be aware possibly of what happened in Cyprus where people's bank accounts were frozen, um, and they did not have access to that money. They they were allowed a certain amount at a stage, but what it was devastating for the Cyprus for the Cypriots. You know, for the function of the economy. Um, now, the reason for bail bail in is supposedly so that taxpayer money is not used to bail the banks out. The banks have to have their own mechanism for solving their problems that they get into. But the problem is the banks have huge problems. Here in Australia, our banks that hold, the four major banks hold something like 80% of all deposits for the whole country. 60% of their assets are tied up in residential mortgages. Those residential mortgages and other debts have been securitized through their investment arms and sold on and speculated on, and they are um, connected to counterparties all around the world. Now, their exposure to those counterparties is over $38 trillion. So if you think about all of that combined, our banks are in trouble. The government knows it. They're not talking to the population and making them aware of what the real problems are but they are legislating behind the scenes and they rammed this policy through, I think there was 10 people in the House of Representatives at the time, seven in the Senate, and it went through within two days um, to be able to bring this legislation in. Now, the wording of bail-in doesn't say, okay we can use deposits, but what the wording doesn't include is that the deposits are excluded. And we've had legal people look at it. Um, even One Nation at the time were trying to get the government to write in to the legislation that deposits would categorically be excluded from any mechanism for the banks to be able to bail themselves in. And, of course, the government and the, the parliament rammed the policy through um, regardless. So... so Yes, yeah, stopping bail-in, stopping the banks from being able to speculate with debt or in any other way. What came out with the Royal Commission was where the banks were involved in selling all sorts of products to their customers. And that's what you call vertical integration. And there was also horizontal integration. So cross-selling and crossover by the banks. What we've written legislation for is, for the banks to be separated. It's called um, Glass-Steagall legislation and it's modelled on what the United States introduced back in 1933, which at that stage successfully separated all of the Wall Street banks away from the commercial day-to-day banking within the United States. And that was successful for 66 years until it was repealed in 1999.
1: All right, let me just... um, uh, uh clarify a little bit of this. For those who um, might be a little unsure about what you're saying, basically what you're saying is that my deposit in the bank is not safe, that if the economy calls for it or the banks, in fact, call for it because they're in trouble, they can actually take my deposit. Is that what you're saying? Um, In a nutshell,
0: yes. But there has to be a little bit, because the, the wording of the legislation, um, you know, it went into Tier 1 capital and two, Tier 2 capital could be used by the banks to resolve their problems. You know, bond bondholders could be bailed in.
1: But nowhere is but, there a, a specific exclusion.
0: The depo- no, because what it said is you had that Tier 1, Tier 2 and any other instrument could be used. The question was did any other instrument mean bank deposit? No. They would not include a clause to say that that excluded deposits.
1: Which is uh, very troubling, I think. Now, Glass-Steagall, as you say, was repealed in the United States in 1999 by, I think, uh, the older Bush president, if I'm not mistaken. No, no, it
0: was under um, uh, Bill Clinton. Under Clinton, Clinton? okay.
1: Uh, and so the United States now uh, is in the same jeopardy as we are because they no longer have the protection. Um, which well, is uh,
0: sorry, if you just think about it, Reg. In nineteen ninety nine, once the legis because there was no bank, no systemic bank failure during the sixty six years that that legislation was in. Yeah. But from nineteen ninety nine till two thousand and eight, and everyone knows what happened in two thousand and eight. Yeah there was a global financial crisis and it was triggered by mortgages. Subprime mortgages was the trigger for the global financial crisis.
1: And none of that would have happened.
0: No, it it wouldn't have happened. And, And see, because nothing was done with the global financial crisis to solve that or to rectify what enabled that to happen, we're in a much bigger situation because central banks were have been doing what's called quantitative easing, where they were issuing money to buy up bad debt out of the banks, which didn't stop the banks from bad practices. It actually gave them more money to gamble with. That's right. That's so right. So now we're in a much, much bigger situation or worse situation, and it is the, the potential with, a, with the vulnerability within Australia's banks that I just spoke about, their exposure to um, the, the real estate bubble, which is deflating rapidly. The The fact that people are getting into a situation where the values of their loans are far greater than what the values of the properties are that they're paying off these days. The construction industry is likely to get hit and people could lose their jobs and that will have a flow-on effect into all areas of the economy. And so this is extremely dangerous um, all around.
1: All right. Um, Could you then outline for me what it is that your party is proposing which would... uh, nullify, you know, the very bad things which we appear to be facing. I understand, for instance, that uh, not only do you want to introduce the Glass-Steagall laws into Australia so to protect accounts and protect, therefore, homes, but you also want to see uh, the return to a national bank.
0: Well, well, that's right, because what we've got to do is we've got to literally put a freeze in, in a, on all of this um, activity that's taking place and re-regulate and that's what the Glass-Steagall legislation does. It stops the banks from being able to do what they've been doing. It puts the priority and the government protection back onto to day-to-day banking, the, the bank commercial banks that take people's deposits, issue loans, the day-to-day trading of businesses. So that would be protected by government. The other, the investment arm of banking People can, you know, have investments, do whatever, but it won't be backed up by government, and it won't have government legislation to, you know, for the people to bail them out. A national bank is: we've got to have a means to be able to keep credit flowing while we reorganise the banking system. So, with a national bank, the government can issue credit into the areas of the economy that that need to to keep functioning while we we do the reorganizing and the adjustment the other thing is we have to have a an immediate moratorium on foreclosures of people in homes and and on family farms and things because we can't have people you know forced into homelessness that's going to create a social um, crisis so we've got to we've got to think about the whole um, process of how we reorganize make sure people in the economy are protected while we literally get all of this speculative debt that is tied up in the banks away from the economy.
1: Now... Sorry, uh, Anne. I'd like to move on to another point now, uh, and Mm -hmm. that is while you're addressing the issue of the banks, you're also planning on addressing the issue of nation building in the country because, if I'm not mistaken, virtually nothing has happened since uh, Menzies' um, uh, Snowy Mountain scheme was put into place. Uh, Now, you have um, in place and researched a nation building infrastructure proposal, I believe.
0: We have, and since 2002, we've had a um, a program for economic recovery out there that consists of major dam construction to literally drought-proof the country. And I think something people should think about with dams is it's not only for drought-proofing, but flood mitigation as well. Um, in particular, when you think about the Clarence River scheme and how much flooding goes up and on up in the Grafton area. And that, you know, a lot of the headwaters of that river could be fed over the uh, the mountain range into the Murray Darling, and solve a lot of the shortages that happen on that side. So, it's, um, as well as dam construction, high speed rail, a um, we've got we've got to have a to revive the economy and to provide for the the shortages, as you say, that we haven't invested in infrastructure in infrastructure for so long. There's, there's got to be that science driver um, program of, of major development. And that would be funded, again, through the National Bank. And government can create a credit, a debt to itself, and channel that through the bank to, to make those projects happen. And, of course, by building the projects we create immediate work, which generates tax. But long-term, we increase the productivity of the nation as a whole which gives us the ability to pay down debt. At the moment, we're borrowing from overseas. We can't meet the interest payments on it almost, let alone pay down the debt, and we're we're borrowing it purely to keep a, a casino economy, a bubble economy, propped up.
1: That's right. Now, I'm speaking with Anne Lawler, who's the Senate candidate for the CEC, Citizens Electoral Council, uh, in the uh, May 18 elections. This is a most interesting conversation. So at the moment, what we've done is to have covered the CEC platform on banking and how to um, adjust the banking laws so that the banks can't just take our money and so that our homes and businesses are protected. We've also had a look at the fact that a national bank is mooted, as used to be in this country when we had a a national bank which supported industry. Um, And and, Anne has just been talking about uh, nation building with uh, high-speed rail, and I understand your party has the root or the routes for all of this uh, high-speed rail right around the country already planned. Um, but internationally also, I believe you have a platform firmly in place.
0: Well, it, it, we have to look at the... I mean, the CEC um, does look at, at Australia's position in the, the global arena. And if you think about it, we're, we're on the we're on the wrong side of what is going on we've we're clinging to the idea that the anglo-american system which is based on a casino econo- economy you know the united states america the, the they're the central banks that have been bailing out their their sorry yeah the, the governments that have been bailing out their banks whereas there's another part of the world that have doing something different it, this is it started off with what we call the BRICS countries, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, that literally back in 2012, this is crazy, we can't bail out, um, you know, you have to have investment in physical productive economies, like what we're saying, build infrastructure. But not only are they building infrastructure, but they're looking to collaborate with other countries and build infrastructure that's of a mutual benefit and an uplifting for the whole world. And of course, China is leading this with the Belt and Road Initiative, and Australia should be signing on to that. We should be, you know, we should be doing likewise in our country, and we should working look at how we can be working in with that, not purely simply because we want to make money out of, you know, business deals, but it's in the interest of global peace that nations are uplifted out of poverty, and we work together, and that's our um, our foreign policy.
1: And this is um, uh, most enlightening, I have to say. Now, for those who might be interested in giving you and your party their support, what should they do?
0: Well, I think the first thing is voting for us is great. And we will be grouped above the line under AF on the big white ballot paper in the Senate and and a number one for us. And you've got a number, at least six um, groups. So people can choose themselves how they want to distribute it. But I will say that our bill for Glass-Steagall, which was our banking system reform separation of banks bill, in 2018 we had that bill and that was introduced into the House of Representatives by Bob Catter of the Catter Australia Party. So I would give him a, a preference. And the other thing is the bill was then reintroduced this year into the Senate by Pauline Hanson and One Nation. So, you know, we we look at the parties that are most likely to support getting this legislation through as to where our preferences would go. The Greens, even though we disagree with the Greens on a lot of policy, on the banking issue, they recognise that this has to be addressed. Um, and our, you know, other than, they're the three that we've identified. Um, you know, in cohesion. With so very interesting
1: society. that neither of the two major parties is prepared to support the legislation that you're offering.
0: Well, you've got to remember the two major parties were complicit yeah. in pushing through the bailing legislation. Yeah, and even though we've had a banking royal commission, um, they did that. They went kicking and screaming. They were forced into that because of what our Mobilisation of making people aware of what was going on within the banks forced into reality. I so think the truth of the short. matter is that
1: yourselves and uh, Denise Braley were the movers and shakers on this, and they were able to convince Bill Shorten to push the push the issue as a an election winner, which of course it will be. Um,
0: well, but the thing is, people should not be fooled by you know because Bill Shorten has been um, questioned by supporters of the Citizens' Electoral Council at public forums, and as soon as you talk about Glass-Steagall legislation, he poo-hooed the whole yeah, idea. Yeah. Now, you can talk about bank reform and doing the right thing, but if you're not going to adopt the policy that will actually make it happen, then that begs the question of what their real intention is. Well,
1: let's hope you can force the issue because it's a terribly important issue and i and I just hope you're able to do it now if for those who wish to um get in contact the uh, the uh, email address i think or the is your website, website? address yeah, C-E-C-A-U-S-T, That's correct. and uh, the phone number of the party is one eight hundred six three six 432, if I'm yes, not that's mistaken. Right. That's right. That's okay. Right. Yep. All right. Lovely. Okay. Well, look, and uh, it's been uh, uh, very revealing talking to you. Your party is obviously very organized and has spent a great deal of time on research and activity, all of this. I can only wish you the very best of success, and I think f- for anybody that. Uh, Uh, Is frightened of what the banks are going to do and frightened of where the economy is going, they could do a lot worse than to look up your website and get in contact and find out what your party stands for and very probably give you that Senate vote. So, very good luck and thank you you so much for your time and good luck, as I say, on May 18.
0: Thank you very much, Rick. Thanks, Thanks, Anne. All the best. Okay. Bye
1: bye. Bye bye. That was Anne Lawler. Senate candidate for the Citizens'
0: Electoral Council in the federal election, explaining the concern held by her party and herself about banking and the state of the economy. She spoke there with Two Bobs, Reg Harris.
1: Become a Two Bob supporter and help community radio stay on air in the Manning Valley.